just awesome to see everybody here today. Hey, we're going to, um, I want to pray, and we're going to jump right in. Today is a, a big, big, big day uh, for our church. Man, I've been excited about this series, so I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right in. Dear Jesus, thank you, God, for what you have done already this morning. God, thank you for the worship we just had. God, we're, we're continuing with worship. Worship doesn't end when the music ends. Worship continues as we open up your word, God, because we worship the one who wrote the word. We worship you. So God, I pray that right now, you would just captivate our hearts and our minds. Pray that, God, you would take away distractions, might be in our hearts and minds, maybe that test this week, that meeting, that deadline, that thing that we're needing, that thing that's come up in our family. God, God, just help us to have the perspective that you are great and that you are good. And God, right now, you have brought every one of us here to meet with us individually and collectively. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, I want want to get started. I always like to try to get started with some crowd participation. So I want to try to get you guys involved, wake you guys up, make sure that you're with me here today. Um, So I want want to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to answer these questions uh, by raising your hand if you're up for that, okay? So so I'm going to ask you uh, about some choices maybe that you'd make. I'm going to ask you some questions, give you some options, and the one that you would pick, raise your hand for that, okay? Um, How many people in here like food? Raise your hand right now if you like food, right? Some of you didn't raise your hand, weirdos. Um, And so, um, just saying, um, so you like like food. Oh, man, you just love a good meal. You know what I mean? Like, you just love a good meal feeling meal. You know, I don't know what you're into, but you just love a meal. Well, let's say you had your choice. You have your choice of a meal, right? And maybe here's what you, here's your first choice, a little steak, potatoes. We got some veggies there, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, so there's a choice, okay? Here's the next choice, ramen noodles. Who wants the steak? Raise your hand. Steak, steak. You take steak, okay? Ramen noodles. Raise your hand, right? Ramen noodles. World ends, atomic bomb, cockroaches, and ramen noodles. That's what, we'll, those will survive. All right, all right. Oh, hey, uh, maybe you're in the market for a new automobile, right? Maybe you're in the market for a new automobile. You're looking for a car. You're a car person, maybe. Uh, here's an option right here. Would you want that car, right? Okay, so there's that. Or if you had your choice, what if you could pick this car? How come you didn't do that with the first car? What was the wrong with that, right? How many of you would pick the first car? <laughs> Second car, second car. There we go. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, I'm gonna make this hard. I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna make this a little, a little harder on you. Um, so, so summer's over, fall's coming in. Fall's awesome, and then, and then that's you know we got winter and stuff like that. Maybe you just want to get away again. Maybe you're just looking for the next vacation. You're just beach person, pool person. I don't know what you're at. Uh, which one of these would you pick? Here's your first option right there. I even gave you a little rubber ducky. Because I'm nice. That's how I roll. So, you know, chilling at the pool. you got your rubber ducky. you got palm trees. Weather's great. You choose the pool. Or, how many pick this one? Huh? Huh? That's, that's hard, right? How many would go for the pool? That's a nice pool, y'all. That, that rubber ducky was rocking a sombrero. Okay? No? Okay. Couple. Beach. Raise your hand. Oh, look at that. Okay. All right. All right. I, fi- I figured the beach would win out. Now, let me ask you another question, a, a, a choice that you have. No pictures on the screen for this one. In fact, don't, don't raise your hand for this one. You answer this one uh, to yourself. How many of you, if you had the choice, if you had a choice between living a life that makes an impact or living a life where you simply exist, what would you choose? I mean, if you had, if you had the choice between a life that makes an impact, a life was about, that was about something bigger than you, a, a life that impacted the world, or the choice between a life where you simply exist. And, and yeah, you, you might make a lot of money there, and you might even climb the corporate ladder there, but eventually when you go, that stuff just goes with you because it never got bigger than you. You might have had a lot, you might have been popular, but you just existed. What would you choose? Because that's really the choice that all of us have to make today. That really is the option that's on the table. Are we going to live lives where we make an impact, or are we going to live a life where we simply 
exist. And see, that's not a one-time decision. That's not a decision you make one time and then you never have to make it again. That's actually a decision you've got to make today and tomorrow and the next day. And every day you've got breath, you've got to make the decision, am I going to live today with a way, in, in a way that makes an impact or am I going to live today just existing? Maybe you have never made that choice before and today is the very first time you're going to make it. But see, that's not only a decision that people need to make. That's a decision that churches have to make. Every church right now in the world, our church included, every church has to make the choice, are we going to be a church that makes an impact or are we going to be a church that simply exists? The doors might be open, people are coming, they're singing the songs, maybe they're even giving a little bit, but you know what? You can do that as a church and exist. And you're not making an impact. Every person, that's the choice on the table. For every church, for Summit Community Church, that's the choice that's on the table. Will we be a church that just exists, or will we be a church that makes an impact? Well, the way that we're going to answer that question over the next few weeks, we're going to be in the book of Acts. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible or turn your uh, Bible on on your phone, mobile device, to the book of Acts, okay? So go ahead and open that up. Now, that's really easy to find if you're new to the Bible. There's, in the New Testament, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, okay? So we're going to be in the book of Acts, honestly, this entire series. We're going to be in the book of Acts. And not only are we going to be in this book on Sundays, but beginning tomorrow, okay, beginning tomorrow through our app on the devotional section and then on Summit's Facebook page, my Facebook page, we're going to put out impact devotions every single day so that you can have read this book, the entire book of Acts, by the time we're done with this series. Now, if you don't have access to Facebook or anything like that or our app, then what you need to do starting tomorrow, read one chapter of Acts every day. Just one chapter. And by the time we're done with this series, you will have read through one of the biggest books in the Bible. And I'm telling you, God will use it to impact your life. But look for that tomorrow on the app and on Facebook, on a lot of different places, Impact Devotionals, because this is a defining series for our church. This is not just a series. We've honestly, I've honestly been looking forward to this series since early this year. We've just been excited about this series and what God has done to make this series go over the top. And what God wants us to see in this series, I'm convinced, is that it has never been God's plan for the church to simply exist. It's always been God's plan that the church would make an impact. And we're going to see that in the book of Acts. And today we're going to be in the first two chapters of the book of Acts. I'm going to give a really, really, really breakneck speed uh, overview of the first two chapters, and then we're going to land in one verse for the whole morning, okay? So Acts, we're going to be in chapter 1 and 2. But if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open that up or turn it on. And maybe your Bible says exactly what my Bible says when you open up the book of Acts. It says, the Acts of the Apostles. A lot of Bibles say that. Somebody might be here, though, and your Bible says the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And here's why. Because the main character in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of big names that we're going to meet over the next couple of weeks. We're going to meet Paul. We're going to see next Sunday how Saul, his, his name used to be, he got saved. God so did a work in his life, even changed his name to Paul. That's a big name. Wrote most of the New Testament that we've got in our Bibles. He's a big name. Peter, another big name. But those are all supporting cast. The main character is the person, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving, he's inspiring, he's giving power, he's at work. The Holy Spirit is driving the whole thing in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit is so important in the book of Acts. Look at, look at Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 with me. All these verses are going to be on the screen there if you don't have a Bible, but if you do have one, write down in your Bible or take some notes so you can check this stuff out on your own. I just love what we're talking about today. In Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5, Jesus has died. He's come back from the dead, and he's about to go back to heaven. So these are Jesus' final marching orders before he goes back and sits at God's right hand. Look at what he says in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And while staying with them, pause for a second. The them that he's talking to, that would have been the first group of Christians that really followed Jesus. They stuck with him even after he died and after he rose from the dead. They're all in Jerusalem. Most Bible scholars believe this is a group of 120 people, okay? He's talking to about 
120 people. And watch what he says. While staying with them, he ordered them. That's a big deal. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus orders these 120 Christians. He says, guys, do not move. Don't you dare leave Jerusalem because I'm about to give you a mission that is way bigger than any person in this room, than any person that's alive. And you need a supernatural resource to make this mission a reality. If you're going to accomplish this, you need power that you don't have without something supernatural. So Jesus says, guys, don't move. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Because what Jesus calls the church to is too big for the church to accomplish on its own. Amen? The ch- what, what God calls the church to do today, we cannot do without the Holy Spirit. So they needed the Holy Spirit desperately, and so do we. And then Jesus says this in verse 8. And verse 8 sums up the entire book. I mean, if you want to memorize a book, a verse rather, in the book of Acts, this is the verse. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I love this verse. It says, you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus says, don't move. Wait for the Holy Spirit. But when the Spirit comes, man, you're going to get power. He's going to blow the doors off this place, and you'll get power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were, in Judea, the surrounding city, Samaria, which would have been the region, and to the end of the earth. If, if Jesus were to say this specifically to us, here's what he'd say. He'd say, Summit, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, you'll receive power to be witnesses in Hazard, in Perry County, in eastern Kentucky, and to the ends of the earth. And then the Holy Spirit comes. And listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, man, it goes next level quick. Look at Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, here's this. Watch this. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a, excuse me, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room whenever you read those verses, tongues. Right? Sound like a party? Woo! Right? Let's talk about that. Because people ask all the time, what does Summit believe about speaking in tongues? What does the Bible say? What's the, what do these verses mean? Well, let's just tackle that really quickly. When these verses in Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, this is happening in the middle of a celebration called Pentecost. Pentecost was a yearly celebration. There would have been thousands of people in Jerusalem at this time. It was basically the black gold on steroids. Right? Except no fried Oreos. Bummer for them. All right? But thousands of people from all over the world, all over that region rather, who spoke a lot of different languages would have been in Jerusalem for the celebration of Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes, and listen to me, in Acts chapter 2, when they begin to speak in other tongues, these are other earthly languages of the people who were at the celebration of Pentecost. So Peter and these 120 Christians, they never studied these other languages. There was not Rosetta Stone available for these other languages or anything like that. The Holy Spirit came, and all of a sudden, they could just speak languages of people right in Jerusalem. And so they walk out of this room that they're in. They just begin to tell people that Jesus is the hope of the world, that you need Jesus in your life. And it was a radical moment. So in Acts chapter 2, speaking in tongues is other earthly languages. It was an instant gift, the ability to speak a language that they had not previously studied or known before. Now, are there other places in the Bible where speaking in tongues is not an earthly language? Yes. Yes. Book of 1 Corinthians, especially, you can read about that in a lot of places in the book of 1 Corinthians. And here's where some it stands on speaking in tongues. It's an open-handed issue. There are some people in this church who are leaders in this church. I prayed with them this morning, talked with them this morning. And speaking in tongues is an active part of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. There are others of you, it's not a part of your relationship with God at all. It's a spiritual gift that you don't have. And here's where we stand at Summit. It is an open-handed issue. What that means is we won't scrap tooth and nail over speaking in tongues. We won't. So if you had plan, I'm going to send that guy an email about speaking in tongues. He needs to speak in tongues, blah, blah, blah. 
Here's where you can email that. You can email that to markholmes at idontgiverip.com. Okay? Because that's the response that you're going to get. Because it's open-handed. Like, if you want to fight about tongues or the rapture or who the Antichrist is, and listen, if you don't even know what those words mean, you're so cute. Praise God for you. You're so awesome. But if you want to fight about that, you're just in the wrong church. Because I'm not going to fight over that. It's an open-handed issue. But listen to me. Lean in. I said all that to say this. Hey, you'll miss the point of Acts chapter 2 if the only thing you read in Acts chapter 2 and think after you read it is, what about speaking in tongues? You will miss the point. Because here's what God is saying to us in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has more for you and me. Did you hear that? Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit has more for me and more for you than anything that we've ever experienced. The Holy Spirit has more for our church. We've seen God do great things over these past three years, but we haven't even scratched the surface of what God could do. The Holy Spirit has more to do through us. And so Peter begins to preach, and he preaches a sermon, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says this. It's going to be on the screen. Watch this verse. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day 3,000 souls. That's awesome. What happened there? Peter preaches, Peter preaches, and 3,000 people get saved. Listen, I don't know about Peter, but if that was me, I'm chest bumping somebody, I'm spiking my Bible, we are partying up at right. That's a 3,000 people get saved. That's a big deal. It's awesome that UK is 2 and 0, right? Yes! But man, 3,000 people? Whoo! <laughs> that was awesome. That was not planned. Like, we had not gotten together and planned that moment. That was spontaneous. It was the Holy Spirit. But watch what happens. It goes from 120 to over 3,000 in less than an afternoon. And watch what God does with this new community called Christians, the church. Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. What that means is that they were all involved. Everybody was serving. Everybody was generous. And then we go on to the next verse. It says this, And day by day they were attending the temple Together, meaning they were going to church with a big group of people like what we have right now. But that's not the only thing they did. They also broke bread together in homes. What's that look like? There's life groups right in the Bible. That's exactly what that is. Big groups, and then they met in smaller groups that got together, ate food, hung out, and did community, did life together. Hey, did you know that life groups start today? Have you signed up for one? You should. Go to the life group table after this is over. But they knew, hey, you know what? You know what we need to do? We need to do this together. Big group of people sing and the band's playing on stage. Woo! But then we also need to get together in small groups and talk about God there. And watch what happened because they did this. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 3,000 people get saved. God transforms a large group of people. But you know what? People weren't just getting saved on Sunday. They were getting saved every single day. God added to their number and added to their number. And you know what happens a lot of times? I mean, that's an awesome story, isn't it? Isn't it awesome? And what happens a lot of times is people will look at the story of the book of Acts, and we're just getting started. It's only going to get bigger and crazier from here. God's going to only blow the doors off even more. But people will look at the book of Acts, and they'll say, you know what? If only God would do that today. Doesn't happen today. And my response back, or the question that I have when I read the book of Acts, is what's stopping God from doing that right now? Because did you know that the same Holy Spirit that lived in these Christians lives in every Christian in this room right now? Did you know that? The Holy Spirit didn't save 3,000 people and then say, boys, I'm tired. Woo! got to take a nap. Jesus, you take the wheel. Carrie Underwood, thanks. I'm going to go take a nap. The Holy Spirit didn't say that. The Holy Spirit says, listen, we are just getting started. Why can't God do it again? Hey, here's a question. Why can't God do it through us? Did you hear that? Why can't God do it again? And why can't God 
Do it right now. Through us. Because God has not changed. And the same God that was present in Acts chapter 2 is present in the forum today. Amen? And the same Holy Spirit... Don't clap if you don't believe it, but if you don't believe it, you shouldn't miss this series because I'm going to rub off on you. The same Holy Spirit that was in Acts chapter 2 is in this place right now, and I believe that with everything in me. But the difference is, it comes down to a choice. Will we be a people through whom God could make an impact? Or will we be a people that have a few Jesus pep rallies and exist. I don't know about you, but I want to be among the people that God makes an impact through their life. I want our church to be a church where God makes an unbelievable impact. And if you want to live a life of impact, and if we want our church to be a church of impact, then we need to take two steps. There's two steps that Jesus calls us to to take in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1 that you and I need to take if we want to be people that God is going to make an impact through, if we want to be an impact-making church, we've got to take two steps. And the first, steps that Je- first step Jesus tells us to take is step up. Step up. Let's all say that together really loud so I can know you're awake. Let's all say it. Step up. That's good. That's good. You're firing me up. Look at this verse again. I love this verse. We're going to read it. Bring it up on the screen here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I love how you sounded. Let's all read it together. Here we go. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. See, Jesus says one of the main reasons that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of every Christian, and listen to me, the moment you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. You've got to know that. You've got to believe that. That's what, exactly what God's Word says, Romans chapter 8 tells us clearly that the moment you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. I don't feel anything. That's fine anyway. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He is a person. Okay? So the Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force. Oh, the force. Thanks, Yoda, but he's not. We're fine. We're fine there. The Holy Spirit is a person. And if you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, he lives inside of you right now. And Jesus says that one of the main reasons the Holy Spirit lives inside of every Christian is so that we would be a witness. What is a witness? A a witness is somebody that tells other people what they've seen, what they've experienced, what's happened to them. A a witness is somebody that shares with other people uh, some some experience they've had, something that's changed their life, right? I mean, you've watched enough Law and Order and Judge Judy to know what a witness is, right? I mean, come on, right? Right? You know what a witness is? And here's what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us and dwells in our church so that we would be a witness because Eastern Kentucky has got to know what Jesus has done in our lives and it is available for them. Amen? Amen. They've got to know. They have got to know. See, if you're a Christian, you have experienced the grace of God and it's changed your life. Yes or no? Yes, if you're a Christian, you've experienced how God gives you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and how he never gives up on you, yes or no. If you're a Christian, you've experienced how God enters your life, how the Holy Spirit can come and live inside of someone and he gives them purpose for their life and passion for life, how the Holy Spirit can give hope to somebody that didn't have hope. You've experienced that, yes or no. Yes, and Jesus says we're to be witnesses and tell others that so that they can experience it too. See, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the church has a mission. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is letting us know what the mission of the church is. Jesus is letting us know that the church has a mission. And listen to me, the mission of the church is not to make the world behave. It's not. For too long, the church has settled for behavior modification as its mission. And what we've done is we've thrown stones, we've thrown stones, and we've yelled at unbelievers. We've yelled at people who aren't even in the church, who don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And we get mad and fired up because they don't know Jesus, but we expect them to act like they know Jesus. When Jesus didn't come to the world for behavior modification, he came to the world to change us from the inside out so that we can have a relationship 
with Him. Behavior modification is not the mission of the church. It's not. Jesus, look here, Jesus is not saying here that the mission of the church is a political agenda. Jesus is not saying that the mission of the church is a conservative agenda. He's not. Jesus is not saying that the mission of the church is a liberal agenda. Jesus is saying that the mission of the church is that people really are lost, that eternity really is long, and that really the only way to be saved and the only name under heaven and earth by which anyone can be saved is the name of Jesus Christ. I know that we live in a world with a lot of options to heaven, but in reality there is only one way to heaven. I don't like that, Mark. That sounds really narrow, and that sounds really exclusive. Well, good, that means you're listening, because it is. But here's why, here's why I believe that and why our church believes that. See, we didn't make that up. You might be here today, and that really ticks you off. That we're saying Jesus is the only way to be saved. He's the only way to heaven. That really just ticks you off. Here's what you need to know. We didn't make that up. He said that. In John chapter 14, Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. See, we just don't get the liberty of changing the way to heaven, which is only Jesus. And listen, church, we also don't get the liberty of changing the church's mission. The mission of the church is that people far from God need a relationship with God. And so the church needs to go to everyone so that everyone might be saved. I mean, that's why our church exists. Our church exists... This is what we say all the time. Our church exists so that people will be transformed by Jesus and then equipped to transform the world for Jesus. So that you and I, so that we would be witnesses at school, at work, in our neighborhoods, on social media, at home, with our families. Wherever we are in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, wherever we're at, that we would be a witness. And what Jesus is doing, he's calling us to step up to the mission. Hey, if you want to live a life of impact, if you want to give yourself to something bigger than you, then step up to Jesus' mission for your life, which is to be a witness. Hey, if our church wants to make an impact, Jesus is calling us to step up to the mission. That we won't just be about Sunday. That we won't just be about an event. We will be a people who will be witnesses. Jesus is saying, it's time to step up. Everybody say, step up. Step up. But see, that's, that's the first step. There's another one. Second step that Jesus is calling us to take, not only do we need to step up, we need to step out. We need to step up and step out. See, when we step up to Jesus' mission, all of a sudden that means we're going to step out so that the Holy Spirit can work through us. And see, when we step out by faith, when we take a scary step in Jesus' name, when we take a risk in Jesus' name, when we lay it on the line, when we cash it, in. And when we step out by faith, here's what we'll find on the other side of that step of faith. What we always find is God meets us on that other step. On the other side of the step of faith is more power than we've ever known. More boldness, more courage, more confidence. And we think it's coming from inside of us, but really it's the Holy Spirit who is all of a sudden working through us for the very first time. We've just stepped out to be available to His power. Oh, but do you know why so many Christians never experience the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their life? So many Christians miss the power of the Holy Spirit because instead of choosing to step out, they step back and they always choose safety and comfort. Listen, you and I will always miss what God would want to do through our lives as long as we choose safety and comfort. What's comfortable for us, what feels good for us, what's predictable for us, what's safe for us, what makes sense for us. Listen, here's the problem. The problem is when did God ever call anybody to play it safe in the Bible? Right? Have you read this thing? God calls people to do some crazy stuff in this book. Hey, Noah, bro, listen. You need to build a boat. What's a boat? Don't worry about it, but it's going to rain. What's rain? It had never done that before. No need for boats, but listen, Noah, don't do it. 
Everybody's going to think you're crazy. Everybody's going to think you're insane. But if you take that step, I'll meet you on the other side, and I'll use your life in ways you could never imagine. That's not the only story. Genesis chapter 12, there's a guy named Abraham. God comes to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I want you to pack up your family. I want you to pack up everything that you have, and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to tell you about. And that's all God says. If you read Genesis 12, all God says to Abraham is, Abraham, pack up everything and go to a land I'm going to tell you about. He doesn't tell him which direction to start walking in. He doesn't tell him where to go. He just says, go. Hey, listen, if you want to know how crazy that is, then you try it this afternoon. Right? Right? Listen, now if you're here and you don't think that sounds crazy, what that says to me is you're single. That's what that says to me. Right? Now for all the married people, go home today. Hey, baby, from church, I got this idea. We need to pack up everything, go somewhere. Where are we going to go? I don't know. God will tell us. Work it out, bro. Work it out. Let me know how it goes. Right? That's crazy. Here's one biggest example. Jesus, you need to leave heaven, and you need to go suffer for the sins of humanity and be tortured to death so that people can have a relationship with God. Wasn't safe, wasn't comfortable, wasn't predictable. It was a step of faith. Hey, listen, church, if you want to see God work through your life in ways you've never imagined, then step out to where your only safety is Him. Step out and you'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants our church to step out. I believe that God is calling our church to enter into a season where we step up to the mission like never before, the mission of we will make an impact. We will be witnesses. To step up to the mission and step out so that the Holy Spirit would work through us and do things through us that we have never experienced before. Summit, it is time to step up and it's also time to step out so the Spirit can move through our church with power. So I want to announce today, I want to talk to you really quickly about two things. I've been telling everybody i got two things to share with you. I want to share with you two things. First one. In January of this year, I stood on this stage and I told our church, I said, Church, I think that now is the time that we need to begin, we need to, begin to pray about a permanent facility for our church. We need to begin to pray about a permanent building for Summit Community Church. We haven't said anything about that, to be honest, because there hasn't been a lot to update. We, there hasn't been a lot to share with you, and so we haven't, hasn't been, we, haven't, we haven't shared a lot. But here's what we believe. We believe that God has opened up a door of opportunity. We believe that God has opened up a door for, of opportunity for our church to walk through so that our church can have a permanent campus right here in this city and make a bigger impact than we have ever seen before in our lives. And I want to show you that right now. Bring down the lights and watch this video. Chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Power to do what we could not do on our own, but only what He could do through us. And as the gospel began to spread in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, a group of Christians begin to share the gospel and the message of Jesus spreads and a riot breaks out. And those Christians are arrested and religious leaders bring those Christians before the council. And in Acts chapter 17 verse 6, they speak of those Christians and they say, these men have turned the world upside down. You know, it's never been God's plan for the church to exist. It's always been God's plan that the church would make an impact. God has always intended that the church would turn the world upside down. For three years, Summit has been at the Forum, and we've seen God make an incredible impact there. But we are just getting started. 
God has opened up a door of opportunity for our church to walk through so that we can have a permanent campus right here in Hazard. A campus where we'll be able to serve and to meet the community's needs in ways we've never done it before. A campus where kids can come and they'll learn about Jesus in a church environment that's unlike anything they've ever experienced. God's opened up a door for us to have a campus where people will come and find hope, second chance, a new beginning, really a campus where our mission can become a reality. Right here at the former FedEx building in Christopher, just outside of downtown Hazard. Five and a half acres of land. The building that will serve as our primary worship center is 14,500 square feet. And this location doesn't simply have one building, it has two. And our vision for the second building is to make a student ministry center for our middle school and high school students. Summit, a campus, is about more than bricks and square footage. It's about changed lives. It's about making an impact. And the time is now. that I tell you you know we started praying we started praying that God would give us a building this year and I stood on the stage and I said you know we need to pray about a permanent facility and what God did several months ago is that God expanded our vision and God said you don't need a building you need a campus because I want to put I want to put you in a place where there'll be no lid on anything that I would want to do in and through your church and so we started to pray God we don't want a building we want a campus with a lot of parking, with a lot of room, with a lot of square footage, with a lot of places that are going to give us the opportunity to make a bigger impact than we've ever done before. And God's opened up this door right here in this city, just a few moments away from where we're at right now. Not with one building, but with two. Our main facility, our main worship center is 14,500 square feet. And we're going to have a kids' ministry area in there that's unlike anything kids and parents have ever experienced before in this region. But also in the second building, we'll have a facility for students. A facility, an entire building made for, designed solely for middle school and high school students so that they can bring their friends and so that you would bring your friends to our campus, your family to our campus, and that there would be a greater impact to go out and through this region than we have ever seen before. I don't know about you, that fires me up. That fires me up. A bigger opportunity to serve than we've ever had before. And the time is now. And you know, in our church, we've got a core value as a church, and one of those core values is that we are in this together. What that means is that our church isn't driven or, or isn't driven by one or two rock star personalities. One or two people are not carrying all the weight. No, no, no. We believe that the church works best when it's everybody in this together, when everybody's serving, when everybody's involved, when everybody's going in the same direction to make an impact. And so one of our core values from day one, it's always been we are in this together. From the youngest to the oldest, no matter who you are, we're in this together. That's why we don't call it membership here. We call it partnership because we're partnering together to make an impact. And so today, we are launching the Impact Vision Initiative. And the Impact Vision Initiative, let me just explain what that is because that might be a new idea for a lot of people. The Impact Vision Initiative is an opportunity for our church to step up and to step out and, it's, and to make a financial contribution so that the vision of our church, so that the vision that we just saw on the video, that the vision of this facility making a difference in this community, so that that vision would become a reality. It's an opportunity to step up and make a financial contribution that could change lives forever. And the vision initiative, the Impact Vision Initiative, is a three-year, 36-month commitment. Now, let me just explain that. Let me just explain. Because, listen, hey, when you talk about money in church, it's like you just slap somebody's mama. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, it gets tense in the room. Like, we're talking about money in church. Some of you are speaking in tongues, and it ain't spiritual tongues. It's like expletives. You know what I'm saying? Filth, Florida, filth. You know what I'm saying? So, just so calm down. Hang on. Hang with me. 36-month commitment. Here's what that means. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean the cops are coming to anybody's house. Mobs coming to anybody's house. You've heard we're a cult. We're not a cult. 
Right? I know you've heard that. But here's what it means. Here's what we want everybody to do. When you leave today, and it doesn't matter which door you go out of, there are going to be people at all the exits today, and every per- and all families, so make sure at least, make sure every family gets one of these. It's a 12-page brochure that we've been working on, and what this brochure does, it explains to you the history of our church, how God's been faithful to our church in the past, and how that means he's going to be faithful to us in the future. It, sh- it talks about our history as a church. It talks about the building, why we're convinced this is the building that God wants us to move into, why we, uh, it, it answers a lot of questions that you might have every person, every family, every family in here, make sure you get one of these per family. But inside of this brochure is this commitment card. It's this commitment card. And every single person, every single brochure is going to have this. And on the back of that commitment card, we've put together a little area right here that just explains what a 36-month, what a three-year financial commitment to the Impact Vision Initiative would look like. And so it starts at $1,000, and it goes all the way up to $100,000. And here's why we put that. Because we want to get, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, we want to give everybody an opportunity to step up. It starts at $1,000, but here's what I want to say. It can be less than that. No gift is too small, and no gift is too big. Say, man, I don't, know, I don't even know if I could be a part of something like this. I don't even know if I could do that. $1,000 in three years. Some of you, you've never contributed that much financially to a church. And I'm telling you, on the other side of that contribution is more of Jesus than you have ever known. I'm telling you, that's true. I'm telling you, that's true. But here's what that looks like. $1,000 over three years is six bucks a week. If you eat at a lot of restaurants through the week, instead of taking that one trip to it through, through the drive-thru, what if you gave that money to impact? There's an opportunity for everybody, no matter where you're at, to step up. Now, somebody's here in the room, and you're thinking this. All that dude wants from me is my money. Well, that proves to me it's your first day at Summit. That's why that says to me. Because Summit folk will tell you my track record and our track record proves we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. That, there's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. In fact, let me say this, I don't, want, I don't want anybody in this church or anybody that listens to this podcast, I don't want anybody to give to the Impact Vision Initiative based off of pressure. I don't want you to do it. I don't want you to do it. But I want you to give based off of prayer. What if every person in this room was open to the step that God might lead you to take? That's all I'm saying. And what we're asking you to do is we're asking every family to take this brochure, take this card home, and for the next two weeks... Pray together and talk about, as a family, what could we give? What would God lead us to give? What would we like to give? What would we like to try to give over the next three years? And on September 21st is Pledge Sunday. September 21st, right here at the Forum, is Pledge Sunday. And what that means is we're going to take up these pledge cards. So take this home with you, keep this card, bring it back with you September 21st. And that day when we receive the offering, we're going to receive those pledge cards as well. Here's why we're going to do it that way. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Hey, you know what? Somebody's going to pray about this, and God's going to tell somebody don't give. That's fine. That's fine. We don't want to embarrass anybody, okay? But on that day, September 21st, is Pledge Sunday. We're going to collect these pledge cards. Over the next two weeks, I want every family in this church to talk about, hey, what would God want us to do? How, how could we be open to what God would want us to do? It might be 1,000. It might be 2,000. It might be 6,000. It might be 15,000. I don't know what it is. I don't know how God might lead you and your family to step up. But what if you were available to it? You know, several weeks ago, our leadership team and our staff, we got together, and we knew we were going to do this today. And, and we wanted me to be able to stand up on this stage and simply tell you that I'm not asking you to do something that we have not already done as a leadership team and staff. And so collectively, and the only reason I say this, what I'm about to say, is so that you'll know that the leadership team and staff, we've already taken this step. And I just want you to know that we are in this together. And so collectively, the leadership team of Summit Community Church and the staff over the next three years, collectively, the leadership team and staff has pledged to give $62,000 to the Impact Vision Initiative. $62,000. Now again, that I, the only, re- God is my witness, the only reason I said that number is so you'll know I'm in. Do you hear me? I am in. I am more committed to this church than I have ever been. More committed now than I was day one. I'm in. And so is our staff, and so is our leadership team. What if we were all in? 
this is an opportunity. But hey, you know what? Before you make an investment, you want to see it, don't you? Don't you? So here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, next Sunday, September 14th, we're not at the forum. We ain't going to be here next Sunday. You show up, have a good time. We ain't going to be here. Next Sunday, we're going to be at the future home of Summit Community Church at the former FedEx property in Christopher. In fact, when you leave today, you're going to get directions to that property. And I'm telling, listen, our band's going to be there, and they're going to rock your face off next Sunday. Don't you dare miss it. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be unbelievable. We've got a worship experience plan. Listen, I'm telling you what, we've got playing. It's going to be so powerful. I promise you'll never forget what we do next Sunday. I guarantee you won't forget it. Listen, you need to be there. Your friends need to be there. If you don't have friends, Sugarfoot, you got seven days to make some because you need to bring them with you next week. Listen, we're going to have inflatables for the kids. We're going to have all kinds of activities, but everything's going to be there. Summit Kids, everything. We're all going to be right there. A shortened service. It's going to be amazing. God's going to move. We're going to have inflatables for the kids, all kinds of activities. We're going to eat. We're going to have food because you can't have church without food. Amen? Hallelujah. So here's why I want to say that. Some of you just clapped. You're hungry. Um, here's why I want to say that. Summit's going to provide the meat for that meal, okay, next week. But if you, hey, if you could bring a side dish or some cold drinks, whatever you want to bring, you could just bring one of those or both those, that's fine. If you can't bring anything, I want you to be there next Sunday. Do not miss it. Now, I'm giving you a lot of dates, okay? I'm giving you a lot of stuff right now. All of it's going to be online later this afternoon. It's all going to be on Facebook. It's all going to be on the calendar of our app. It's all going to be in emails that we send out this week. We, we want you to know about it. But next Sunday, next Sunday, 11 o'clock, we're at the new property. You'll get directions as you leave today. That's for everything. And it's rain or shine. Trust me, rain or shine, y'all. All right? Don't, don't miss it. That's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. Here's the second announcement I wanted to make. Second thing. I want to give you one more date, and I want you to write this down. And we're in this one together. October 5th. October 5th. Back in May, our leadership team and staff, we started to pray and fast every Tuesday for this date, that on this date, in one service, 50 people would get saved at Summit Community Church in one service on that day, October 5th. And since in May, we've every Tuesday, we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been asking God to do a great work. On that day, October the 5th, we're going to launch a brand new series called I Want a New Life. And listen, we are praying for 50 people to get saved in that one day. And if God can save 3,000 people, he can save 50 in an afternoon. Amen? I believe that. I believe that. So I am, I am calling our whole church to pray and fast together every Tuesday. I'm calling our whole church every Tuesday to pray that 50 people would get saved October 5th. To fast. And what it means to fast is instead of doing one thing, you do without it. And the time you'd spend to do that, you spend it with God praying. What that looks like for me, I fast every Tuesday right now from lunch and pray that 50 people get saved. You can fast from a meal. You can fast from an hour off Facebook. You can fast from your favorite television shows. Uh, you can fast from your kids for all I care. I don't know. You can do whatever. Between you and the Lord. I don't know. But I am convinced that God wants us to step up and step out and put ourselves in a position where only God could accomplish this. Amen? Only God. Only God could do it. Because God wants to make an impact through us. And the time is now. So there's a choice that we've all got to make. And we're done today. And I'm landing the plane. And next Sunday, I'll see you at the FedEx property. Now, if you signed up for a life group, don't miss your life group this week. You can sign up out there in the lobby. But next week, we're not here. We're there. But here's the choice all of us have to make today. Are we going to be people, are we going to be a church that just exists or to make an impact? That's the choice. There are Christians right now in the room and you're a Christian and you've got Jesus in your life and the Holy Spirit's living in you, but you and God both know that, man, you've been, you've been, cruising, you've been on cruise control for years. You've been choosing comfort. You've been choosing the status quo. You have never stepped out to see what the Holy Spirit would do in your life. Maybe you come to church and you know a lot of Bible, but God is speaking to you today and he's telling you it is time to stop playing it safe and it is time to step up and step out. And if that is you today, then do not push off the voice of God. Respond to God and simply say, God, today, 
starting right now, I want to be open and available to whatever you would want to do through my life. But some of you are here today, and God is telling you that you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. And listen to me, a life of impact starts with Jesus making an impact in you. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, then that's why you're in that seat. And I want you to know today that you are loved by God more than you'll ever know. And you don't have to go out and try hard and clean off and make better decisions and clean up your language and try to change your life first. No, 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 no. Jesus did not come so that you would behave. Jesus came so that you would have new life. And you can have new life today by giving him your life. And so if today, if right now, if you know you're not a Christian, then right now, make the decision, the biggest decision you'll ever make. And ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and make an impact in you. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, we just come to you right now in your name, in your strong name, in your strong and powerful name. Jesus, it is in your name. Your name is so powerful that you beat death. Death could not even hold you down. Our sin could not hold you down. Jesus, there is power in your name. Romans 1 says that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. And Father, we as a church want to be people where, where you are making an impact through our lives. But God, for that to happen, we've got to make a choice. We've got to make the choice to step up to your mission and to step out by faith. So Father, right now, however you're speaking to people, I pray that they would respond in the way that you are telling them to respond. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Some of you are here today, like I said, you've got a relationship with Jesus. You're a Christian, but you know you've been playing it safe, and you know for years you've been in cruise control, and God is saying today, no more. No more in cruise control. It is time to step up. It is time to step out. It is time to say, God, I want to be available for you to work through my life at school, at work, at home. Jesus, I want to be open and available. Today I'm stepping up, and today I'm stepping out. If you're here today and you're a Christian, but God has spoken to you today, and he said, you know what? It's time to stop playing it safe. It's time to step up and to step out. If that's you today, would you raise your hand right now? Say, God is speaking to me. I want to step up and step out today right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up right over here. Hands are going up right over here in the front. If that's you, say, I'm tired of playing it safe. I'm tired of settling for the status quo. I want everything that God has for me. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Just raise your hand. Hands are going up right now. Hands are going up right up here at the front, right up there at the front. Listen, if that's you today, God's speaking to you that way, you do business with God. You talk to God about however God's working in your life right now. But some of you are here, maybe you're here today, and you are not a Christian. You do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you want to be saved today. Today, for the very first time, all of a sudden you realize you need God, and you know you can't carry the weight of life on your own. And you realize that you need something bigger than you in your life. And the reason you see that need is because you were not made for money. And you were not made for anything on this earth. You were made for Jesus. You were made to know him and to have a relationship with him. And so right now, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life for the very first time, I'm going to pray a prayer. I invite you to pray this prayer right there in your seat with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in me. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for salvation that I receive right now. In your name, amen. Nobody looking around. Nobody raised your head. Nobody's looking around at all. Did you just pray that prayer? Because if you just prayed that prayer, you made the biggest decision of your life, and I want to celebrate with you. If you prayed that prayer today, and today you're giving your life to Jesus Christ for the very, very first time, I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high up in the air. One, two, three. Raise it right now. Just raise it right now. Today, you want to give your life to Jesus. Say, today I want to become a Christian. Raise it right now. Listen, if you are making that decision, I want you to look at me right now. I want you to look at me. On the back of that connection card, there's a box that says, says I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I'm becoming a Christian. Check that box. Check that box, and when you leave in just a moment, there's going to be people all over the back of the auditorium. Give that card to somebody. Don't you dare leave today without telling somebody the decision that you made. And we want to give you a free Bible. We've got a book back there in the back called Seek First. We want to put that in your hand 
today. God, I thank you that you have more for us than we've ever experienced, more for us than we could have planned, more for us than we could have dreamed. You want to make an impact through our church. You want to make an impact through our lives, and we don't deserve it, and we're not worthy of it, but God, we want to step up and step out. So God, in these coming days, would you do a work that we could only look back on and say, you did that. You did that. And God, we will give you all the glory for it. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Some of this today been a good day, man. It's been awesome. This has been awesome. Now listen, I'm about to dismiss you, but make sure every, every family in here grab one of these on your way out today, all right? Everybody grab one of these on your way out. Next Sunday, we'll see you at our future church campus. Love you guys. You're dismissed. See you guys. Tomorrow.